You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, welcome back to an episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, I am Nick Fairby, writer for Pittsburgh Source Now, call games at WPCS Radio Station, and I am a production assistant at ACC Network. And today, man, we have a loaded episode. Kenny Pickett is officially not playing in the Peach Bowl. What goes on there and the outlook now for the Peach Bowl for Pitt and how his departure changes everything. Also, could Pitt potentially lose Brennan Marion? Talk about that coming up, and we will also talk about Pitt's match against Nebraska in the Final Four. All of it's coming up on Locked On Pit. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. As always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. Today's... F- episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to NetSuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Folks, let's get on to this because, boy, it was a crazy Thursday for Pitt. I mean, an insane Thursday. Overall, this team is getting active, and honestly, I'm, I'm starting to feel like everything is just Going crazy, and then we, we, we are after Sunday. I thought we were going to have a quiet end of the week. I had a nice little planned out episode. We would talk a lot of volleyball, but no. Kenny Pickett drops the bombshell on this night, and he says he will not play in the Peach Bowl, and we obviously have to talk about that. And I, I think that's it's a big thing to dissect, you know, when, when he, this even came to light that he might not play. We talked about it. We talked about why. It's a smart decision for Kenny Pickett to not play. Like, People will come and hate on him for net playing because of the team mentality, because it is a big game for Pitt, because it is just such a big game for the program overall. And, you know, he's gotten here with the journey. The season's not over yet. You need to finish what you're started. I get it. I get it. It's a pride. It's a competitiveness thing. It's a team mentality thing. But, and I put a butt in front of it. I get people that want him to do it. Yes, team first, the we not me mentality. I understand it. It's the mentality that Pitt has lived by, and this really doesn't uphold the standard. This is an absolute me decision. But that's okay. Like, let me let me say this. This is okay. It's okay for there to be me decisions. Especially when it comes to this situation. Because I think people, you know, that, that are outraged by this, I think people kind of paint too broad a brush with everything. You know, Matt Corral is playing, and so is Sam Howe, and... I get that. You know, those guys are playing. Those guys are buying into the team mentality, and and they're fully into it, and, they you know, they want to play. They want to put their back on for everything. I get it. What is, really, really, why should Matt Corral be playing? Like, outside of that reason, why outside of competitiveness, the pride of a team, why should he be playing? And why is that, why is it an issue if a guy decides to put himself first one time. Kenny Pickett, this entire time, all five years he's been here, has not put himself first once. He has not put himself first once for this team. 
This team has been his heart and soul. He's put his body on the line. He returned early from a bad ankle injury last year to rally them to three wins down the stretch. He did that. He gutted out a an injury against Virginia. This is a dude that puts his life and limb on the line every time he's out there on the football field. So you're gonna, you know, you you can't argue heart. You can't argue this guy isn't tough enough. This guy's soul isn't in it. This dude loves Pitt. This dude loves everything about it. But there comes a point, man. There comes a point where at some point that self-sacrifice it doesn't maintain the rewards. It's okay to be selfish sometimes. And in this situation, Kenny Pickett is facing potential career-altering things here. And that's the thing. So it's completely cool if he wants to play. I don't care. Matt Corral wants to play. Cool. Sam Howell wants to play. Cool. All these top quarterbacks, they want to play. It's okay for them to play. But let's be real here. It's probably not a smart logistical decision to play. Matt Corral is going to play because he wants to put the team on his back one more time. Because he is that type of dude. Because he decides to sell, not self-sacrifice for once. It's okay. It shows character. I get it. It's very, very noble of you to do that. It's an admirable quality. But not playing doesn't mean you don't love the program. It doesn't mean your legacy is tarnished. It doesn't mean that, you know, all of a sudden this thing, all the things we've seen about Kenny Pickett over five years go out the window just because he made one decision for himself. One decision. And it's okay for him to care about losing his draft stock because he tears his ACL. It's okay to be scared about the injury in a meaningless game for him personally. It's a meaningless game for me. He's not gaining anything from this. No one, he's put up the tape he needs. He's put up enough tape he needs to go through the draft process. He doesn't need the Peach Bowl. Let's, let's be real here. He doesn't owe anything to this university. He brought them an ACC championship. He's played five years. He came back for one more year. He accomplished every single goal he set out. He's a future first-round pick here. We're talking about millions of dollars. We're talking about an NFL career. We're talking about a potential NFL starting job. There is no reason this guy should play. In a logical, logistical reason, I would not play if I were Kenny Pickett. He made the right call if I were him. He's got money laying on the line. He's got an NFL career laying on the line. He's done all of the things he's wanted to do in college. And while I understand where people come from, the team first mentality... He's selfish for once because of what it affects for his future and, and what the, the stakes are. It's just not big enough for him. The competitive spirit is huge. I understand of Kenny Pickett. But some point, man, you can put it aside for once. And it's okay to do that. And it is okay to play too. Again, if you want to have that team first mentality and, and you don't, you know, one time you don't want to take that sacrifice and you're not like that, it's okay. It doesn't mean that Kenny Pickett doesn't love Pitt. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love this program. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love Pat Narduzzi. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be out there. He probably does want to play. And the meaning I mean is 
he probably does. The idea of, my goodness, I get to go to a New Year's Six Bowl and play, I would love to. But he also has that pain in the back of his head that says, okay, I know what's best for me. And for once, I need to put myself first. And that's exactly what he did. And I can't fault him for that, nor should you. And I think it is a smart decision for Kenny Pickett logistically. And obviously this affects Pitt's outlooks in the Peach Bowl. It is what it is. Kenneth Walker is also not playing. He made the same logistical decision. Carson Strong, the quarterback from Nevada, made the same decision. Really, I get it. It's a New Year's Six Bowl, but it's also meaningless in the, the grand scheme of things for him. And that's the big thing here. For Pitt, though, he now get a chance to evaluate Nick Patty. And that'll be a very interesting thing because Nick Patty has looked solid at times this year. And if he can win this game, if Nick Patty can win this game or even put up a really strong performance... Boy, you want to talk about palpable energy going into 2022. You'll get a ton of that if Nick Patty shows out here against Michigan State and maybe even leads Pitt to a win in this New Year's Six Bowl. This could be a crazy, crazy building momentum-building win for Pitt. Top 25 level preseason hype for Pitt. They could be going into uncharted waters with they win there, and, and this is a nice scouting opportunity for them to see Nick Patty as they attack the transfer portal for quarterbacks, and as they're looking at guys... More and more, this is a great opportunity for Pitt to get a look at Nick Patty and see what he brings to the table. I think this will be a nice opportunity for them. Also, we'll see who the interim offensive coordinator is. We should find that out pretty soon. It'll be a good opportunity to see what they can do as well, whether that's Brandon Marion, whoever that may be. It'll be a nice opportunity for Pat Narduzzi to evaluate his options at offensive coordinator as well. Folks, speaking about Brandon Marion, though, we do have to talk about him, but first... I want to let you know about NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win this tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. If it's on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control over your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. Head to NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA for special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash LockedOnNCAA. BetOnline has you covered with all the more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season marches towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Again, that's a promo code LOCKEDON to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. We're going to talk about Brennan Marion and 
Will he even be here for the Peach Bowl? We'll talk about that. But make sure to check out the Ultimate College Football Playoff Preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview begins this Friday. And I will be over there giving you guys a Peach Bowl preview as well. So make sure to check that out when it drops. Folks, let's talk about Brendan Marion because... I had talked about him as a potential offensive coordinator candidate, of course, but maybe he won't even be here for that process. And I don't know the internal dynamics of, is he considered for the job? How seriously is Pitt being, you know, how how heavy does Pitt look at Brennan Marion and say, that guy is a very real opportunity, like he's got a very real opportunity to be our offensive coordinator. I don't really know. Like, I, in confidence with you, I don't really know. And that, and that's the thing. Pitt overall has to be feeling like they are in a very good spot where they can get a lot of different offense coordinators. They have a pretty good budget, so you're going to want to pour more money into it. The boosters are going to be behind Marduzzi. They're going to say, get your offensive coordinator. You have all this talent. You, you have really good, strong, supporting cast of coaches with Tim Salem, Dave Borbley, Charlie Partridge, and all these guys. So they're joining a really strong group of coaches. And you feel like, overall, it's an ACC championship winning team. You feel like, overall, if you are pit, you're in a good spot to hire who you want. You can get the pick of most coaches outside of just the unrealistic guys. But you feel like you're in a good spot. So... How where does where does Brennan Marion fall along that totem pole? I don't know, and he's not an Arduzi-esque hire, and I think this has been made by most people. He's a young up and comer. He doesn't really have a heavy track record of office coordinator jobs. Granted, he's called at two spots in William and Marion Howard, but when we also talk about just overall lack of experience at the FBS level, there's nothing there for him. And he's a very fast riser. So this is a guy that went from, you know, high school coach to power five wide receivers coach in seven years. So that's impressive, first of all. This guy's been a fast riser. And, and there's no doubt in my mind he's rising for a reason. And, and part of the reason is connections. Part of the reason is just football ingenuity. Part of it is how much he's loved by everyone. There's so many different factors to this, but the guy's an innovative mind. He has the go-go offense. He has different things that that bring to elevate that elevate him to a new level. That say, okay, here's this dude, and and this is why he deserves a power five coaching job, let alone a offensive coordinator job at this young age. And he certainly does deserve it. And look at the job he did with the, the receivers this year. They were phenomenal. They took a great step forward. They weren't dropping the ball as much. He coached the Bolitnikoff Award winner. Everything kind of came at a confluence and breaded married. Just the difference in overall coaching this year, you could tell. Brennan Marion did a great job on field coaching-wise. So, overall, what about it then? How, how high is he going to be on the offensive coordinator list? I don't know, but I think there's going to be plenty of other guys coming out. And I think guys that are going to be considered are, are far and wide. I gave a few of them, I think, in, in one of the earlier episodes. You know, Chris Beatty. Uh, you know, you can throw out 
maybe a long reach like David Cutcliffe, uh, Kirk Signetti, um, you guys like Luke Getze, who who's a Pittsburgh native. Um, these these are guys that, that you can throw out. Um, there are so many more that I could name. There could be far-out candidates that are intriguing as well. And then there are, of course, the on-staff, like Tim Salem. And there's obviously Brendan Marion, but now the rumor comes up that Marion is considering going to Colorado and taking their offensive coordinator position. And I don't know what that says about how heavily he's being considered or maybe how he's feel like he's being considered. So when you take it into context... You then have to ask, does Pat Narduzzi have to communicate with Brendan Marion? Like, hey, I'm thinking of making you offensive coordinator here. Don't leave. Or is Pat Narduzzi communicating with Brendan Marion? Hey, you're not going to be the guy. Or, hey, I'm going to make this a very lengthy process. So if you get offered a job, you might want to take it. Because, yeah, you could get this one. But there's no guarantee of that. Otherwise, you might just be stuck here as a wide receiver coach, and I know what your ambitions are. It's to be an offense coordinator and eventually a, ho- a head coach somewhere. So, Brendan Marion is a guy that is very interesting, and I think there are real legs to that Colorado stuff. Very real legs. Um, from what I've heard, again, there's genuine interest between both sides. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't think anything is, you know, finalizing. I don't think there's a finalization. It's imminent. I don't feel like it's that. I think there's just a, a inkling of mutual interest there and I think both of them are certainly eyeing each other right now but it doesn't mean anything comes to fruition we've seen this plenty of times happen with schools where they're interested but nothing really happens it it is what it is but you have to look at this offensive coordinator search at some point and say okay when are we going to change this and when are we going to speed this up and try to get this offensive coordinator figured out and how valuable is Brendan Marion? Would a raise do if we, you know, we want to keep him as a receivers coach and not elevate him? Would he take a raise? I don't know those variables, and that's going to be what you have to figure out. But losing him would suck. He's a high-level recruiter. He's an up-and-comer. He's certainly a guy that can coach on the field. You've seen that. He's a guy that brings high-octane energy. He's loved in the locker room. So this is a guy that would be a tough loss. But clearly, he's an up-and-comer. He's been... He's had a rocket attached to him ever since he's come into the college football landscape. So we'll see what ends up happening here with Brennan Marion and Pitt. But that that interest from Colorado could potentially drag him away from Pitt. So pay attention closely to Brennan Marion here over the next few weeks. Folks, let's talk about Pitt volleyball. They fell to Nebraska. But first, I want to let you know about Bilt Bar. Do you want a protein bar that's both healthy and delicious? So you can grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but an amazing low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, while all being high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors. You can have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those small doors and battle out all the holiday shoppers. Folks, and trust me, you will get passionate about your favorite flavor. But while you're at that mall, you happen to see Santa, maybe make friends with him while tell Santa to throw a few of those Built Bars in those stockings with so many flavors they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy Christmas morning. So folks, here's the offer. Go to Built.com, use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. 
right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers. And let's talk about it. Pitt fell to Nebraska in the Final Four in three to one, four sets. Unfortunately, Pitt does lose this match after winning the opening set. They fall in the next three, and the stats really weren't too crazy. And you look at the stats overall, hit percentage was pretty even. You know, those last two sets were real grinders, uh, 25 to 20, 25 22, but they were both very close, and Nebraska didn't pull away until very late in those. Uh, the hit percentages weren't crazy different. Nebraska with 239, Pitt 233. You know, member Monet didn't have as good of a game as she usually has. Only 150. Great hit 474. Team high 474. It really was an odd game because it was very even for a four-match set. And for a four-set match. And, and you look at it overall and you just felt like the serve game was big. You know, 12 service errors, really, really bad for Pitt. And it caught up with them really early in those sets. And it gave it gave Nebraska enough cushion to where they could make certain mistakes. And Pitt had to always claw. And it seemed like Pitt always was clawing out. And Pitt just couldn't quite keep things going. And that's what it felt like. It felt like Pitt was always working from behind. And because they were always working from behind, they could never get cohesiveness going and they would make errors and and things would just keep going up and up and I mean it's not like there's a crazy stat that really sticks out here nothing really looks crazy in this one you know it's not nothing is crazy it's not like the blocks are more are significantly more for either team it's not like the attack errors are more the aces are more the kills even the digs but what you really felt, I think, when watching this was the pressure that Nebraska just put on Pitt consistently and through their through their serve game, through their ability to attack for multiple points, and even when Pitt was trying to attack through the middle, the serve game, the, the, the serve receiver Pitt was off enough to where it slowed down the offense to where they couldn't attack through the middle, or when they were, Nebraska was able to set up very well already and get those very key digs throughout the sets. It felt like that was a big point of this game, and, and Nebraska was able to dictate the pace, and Nebraska was able to dictate kind of what was going on throughout the entire game. And I thought that was the biggest thing here, was that Nebraska dictated the pace. Nebraska dictated what went down. Nebraska more so dictated essentially every every point of the match from that first set on. Pitt played high-octane offense in that first set, and that's when they looked at their best. But after that set, it really felt like everyone was off their rhythm a little bit, or, or they were always flailing, or they were trying to recover, trying to get into position, and every time they got good attacks, sometimes they would sink, sometimes they would get a, a point and feel good, and then there was that critical error, or, or Nebraska would get a huge dig, Lexi Rodriguez, my god, a freshman libero that was making some of the best digs I've seen all year, and it was impressive to watch them, they were very distributed team, a very balanced team that could attack you from different areas. Pitt tried, and they tried to attack through the middle a lot, and it just never 
seemingly could get there. And that's the point I think that really kind of drove home was that the, they couldn't often get to the actual middle. They had to attack from the ends. They had to get London, Ende, and and Mem- Member Manet, and all these, you know, Fairbanks, and all these outside hitters involved a lot more when I think they wanted to attack through the middle because it seemed like that's where Nebraska was weak. But because Nebraska was dictating the pace, the, the, the dishes and the passes for Pitt kind of weren't getting set up well enough, and they couldn't set their offense, so it was either lazy balls kind of getting hit over just for the sake of getting it over to keep the point going, or it was that Pitt had to attack outside, and that's where Nebraska was able to use their size, was able to use their their attackers and, and get, the, get those key blocks on the outside or or be able to at least shock and absorb that. And Pitt, they would they would take their lumps, and Pitt would obviously get their runs, and Pitt's too talented not to, but Nebraska was able to dictate the pace of this, and I thought that's exactly what happened. But regardless, Dan Fisher had a historic season with this squad, and it's huge. And I think when you look at you know having that Final Four appearance for Pitt now on this volleyball program, continuing to go up from an Elite Eight last year now to a Final Four, and Dan Fisher continues to reload and, and regroup with his team, and, and this team continues to just improve, 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 and he's getting quality transfers, and this is a destination now. The ACC is a legit conference. Pitt was the first of the ACC programs to rise up, and others have now risen up with them. And now it's a conference that's legit. And Pitt is right there with everyone. Pitt is right there, right below Louisville this year. But Pitt is still a king, a dominant force in the ACC in women's volleyball. And now they're a national force, too. And Dan Fisher has built himself a national force, and now he's going to get himself top recruits. He's going to get himself top transfers. He's going to get himself everything he wants. And that's the special thing here about Dan Fisher is that he's able to do all of that. Now Pitt just continues on the up and up, and they're looking like a really strong program. Folks, before we get out of here, I want to let you know about Locked On Bets. Make Locked On Bets your second listen every day. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by Igor Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Folks, as always, thanks for listening, and hail to Pitt.